Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now on podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And it's episode 49, Devin. Crazy. I know, we're like one episode away from episode 50, and then one week away from episode from our year anniversary, and then one episode away from our 52nd numbered episode, because yep. of the time you ended up in the aviatorium. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this week we are back with our favorite team of universe-hopping heroes, the Exiles, and we are going to be covering issues 50 through 51, which makes up the arc of the Big M, and then 52 through 53, which makes up Living Planet. And let's go over who the Exiles are currently. So we got Beak, Barno Bohusk, who is a... Birdman, but he's sort of more like a chicken. And he's one of our new members along with Namora, who's the Imperial Queen of her world. And she's got any more powers except she's blue and a lady. Yep. We have Sasquatch, Heather Hudson, who turns big, white, and ready to fight. Blink, also known as Clarice Ferguson, who comes from the Age of Apocalypse. And she can open portals and teleport. Morph, a.k.a. Kevin Sidney, who can transform into things, and he's the jokester of the group, and then Mimic, Calvin Rankin, who can store the powers of five mutants at a time at half strength. But he still has all the power of a teenage whiner. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And Half power doesn't diminish in half. Yeah. So the two issues that make up the Big M were written by Tony Bedard, with art by Mizuki Sakakabara, with colors by JC, letters, and letters by Dave Sharp, and it takes place on Earth 5423. And we start off with uh, Destiny, who is a precognitive mutant, who is Mystique's lover-slash-partner, and... Uh, pretty much raised rogue, depending on the storyline, and she's also a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and currently she is in prison. In the vault, which is, like, the big superhero prison, she's getting visited by Mystique, who is in disguise as one of the guards, and it turns out that they actually know that the Exiles are going to show up. Crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, like, the first time that anyone has been prepared for them. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is their big 50th episode, big 50th issue, so, I mean, you might as well do something that starts to twist things around. So the team teleports onto a train track as a train comes in at them, and suddenly an earthquake starts, caused by Avalanche of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, before Mystique ends up setting off a bomb on one of the train cars that releases a gas that... Seems to mess with everyone's senses of smell, and possibly their powers. Uh, Blink, meanwhile, finds herself unable to teleport, but she has their new mission, which is to regroup the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and free the Big M from prison, which everyone assumes is Magneto. Just like the last time everyone assumed the person they were supposed to free was Magneto. Well, that time it was they were supposed to save their biggest mentor, who was Magneto, but this time it was... Yep, anyway. Callbacks. Is that a callback to issue one? It may be. With Charles in charge? Yeah. 
and Beak, who had previously worked with Magneto, is not really down with saving him. But uh, Mimic is like, yeah, I previously did it, but, you know, maybe this is going to help everyone out. And Blink turns out to be oddly knowledgeable about where the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are. And so we cut to the Blob, who's trying to rob a bank. Uh, Blink goes in to get him, and she reveals that she's not actually Blink, but Mystique in disguise. <laughs> and one of the guards ends up getting free and tries to shoot the blob, but when Mimic goes in to try and de-escalate the situation, the guard freaks out, recognizing Mimic, and the blob is like, what's going on here? Until and then they all run away, and the blob wangs his head. Yep. And so they leave to go rescue Pyro, who had been captured by Modok and AIM. And Mimic ends up taking Modok out like a chump before finding Pyro. And when Mimic explains the mission as they need to save Magneto next, Pyro's like, uh, that's not the Big M. And Blink explains that she was keeping it secret that the Big M is actually Mimic, who uh -huh. never took up Xavier's offer to become an X-Men in this universe. And so it's he's a big bad dude. So we then get a scene of Blink calling in to Avalanche, who has the real Blink tied up, and when Mimic catches Mystique Blink, she ends up distracting him with sex. Meanwhile, Blink... That's Mystique's go-to move. Yeah. Meanwhile, Blink woke up before Avalanche could dose her with more drugs, and so he ends up getting drugged instead, and we find out, via the magic of the interwebs, what Mimic of this world did. Namely, he killed 10,000 people, including Magneto, Charles Xavier and every student at the Xavier Institute. And after having sex, presumably, Blink ends up explaining that uh, they're going to need to knock out the power nullifiers in the cell where Mimic is being held, and when they go to actually carry out their plan, Avalanche is missing. And Sasquatch and Morph have finally started to notice that something's up because Sasquatch can smell again, and Morph is like, yeah, uh, Blink is acting weird, maybe now. But no one else really comments on that, which is, like, weird. You would think that Mimic, that being his girlfriend and all, he's would a, know that something was up. He's a teenager. His te but his teenage, like, hormone status should have kicked in and been like, oh, you're not my lover, you must be someone else. You're an evil twin sister. Uh, yeah, so the actual Blink has ended up making it into the prison because she was able to find out all about the plans, which were stored on the computer. And inside the prison, she finds the Rhino, Mr. Hyde, and Mimic, who's pretty much white power Mimic. To an extent. Yeah, I mean, he's got tattoos all over his body, and he's got long hair, so. Uh, upstairs, the Exiles... Remember, white power Bill didn't have hair. Yeah, but he was killed by Dorothy. It's true. <laughs> Upstairs. But I'm white. Upstairs, the Exiles and the Brotherhood have destroyed the generator, and Exiles Mimic is getting really angry that the Brotherhood members are really not trying to avoid killing people. And then downstairs with wow, the inhibitors. Surprise, surprise, Mimic. Could you say that again? said, wow, surprise, surprise, Mimic. 
The security at the prison is not good, because, I mean, the exiles of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants were able to launch an outside attack and take out the generators, which seems like a really, really shitty design, because you could bomb the place, in theory, and take out the generators, and then you've got a bunch of mutants free. Oh, I agree. And, like, especially, too, with the powers that they have, like, none of the exiles have the powers to blow up those type of things. Well, Mimic could, theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. I mean, he's got the Cyclops blasts. That's true. In the splash page, though, he is not using such. No. Because the power dampeners are now off. The Big M. Just refer to him as the Big M. That's how he can keep it straight. The Big M is able to copy Blink's powers and teleport out. And then he has Cannonball's powers, which makes him nine vulnerable while blasting. Magneto's magnetic power, so he's able to deactivate all of the other computer bits. And Xavier's mind power, so he ends up reading Blink's mind and finding out what she knows. I will and, say, I really liked his use of uh, Cannonball's powers in this. Mm-hmm. Because he was able to turn on the whole blast without actually moving, so he can basically just make himself nigh invulnerable whenever he feels like it. Nine vulnerable wind blasting when he feels like it. Yeah. And he... He's just like, he's angry that uh, our Mimic, Exile's Mimic, is like a good guy. He had a cushy life, and he thinks that he's a loser. Though, I mean, you think that our Mimic is a loser as well, don't you, Devin? Yes. And so the, I agree with the big M. And so the two Mimics meet to fight, but when Evil Mimic reads Good Mimic's mind, he finds out that the only difference that really separated them was that our Mimic accepted Professor Xavier's offer, and the Exiles Mimic hasn't really had an easier life considering all the stuff that he's had to do. And that's when evil Mimic the Big M's life got flipped turned upside down. So he pulled up to home about seven or eight and reformed the Brotherhood to do good sooner than late, er, and looked at his kingdom. He was finally there to sit on Asteroid M up in the air. Yeah, he reforms the Brotherhood to follow Xavier's dream, and totally reforms with the rest of the Brotherhood, which feels like a bit of a cop-out. Yeah, I, like, was really into this, like, arc until the end. It, it... It's, like, super I feel like this easily should have been at least one more, if not even a whole other issue, two other issues. I, I don't think they needed another issue. I mean, part of it's, like, well... Or they needed but, to work that ending better. yeah. Because I don't think all of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants would have ended up being like, oh, let's be heroes now. It was like the, the entire thing was just like, oh, everything's going well. Oh, wow, I shouldn't be such a bad person. Well, we're done. Yeah, and so... It, like, wow, it was like a really abrupt and very anticlimactic ending. Yeah, that's why I did my Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap there. I heard. I know. And then, yeah, it was just like... What? Yeah, yeah. That, was like a, that was a disappointing, I think, to an issue. Yeah, if they hadn't shown all of the Brotherhood members there, or if he had, like, joined the Avengers instead, I think that would have been better. Because yeah. it's like, I think Destiny would have seen this coming. But, exactly. Like, Blob and... All the rest of this stuff. Yeah, the rest of the guys were, like, straight up happy to kill people and Mimic realized that like he had no reason to be angry with his life and he could do good but there's no reason for the others to change their opinions 
For me, it's like also that it's like, no, but there's other things that must have caused him to be worse than he is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, well, I don't know, because I mean, Mimic in the 616 told Xavier to shut it, shove it, and Magneto, at least, is still walking around. Yeah, but, like, he ended up, like, trying to reform and become a hero a few times, I think. Yeah, that's true. Our second arc is Exile. Well, where is he now? Where is um, he now? Well, let's look up on the cell phone. Why did I have the bowl, Luke? What bowl? Oh. Yeah, get my Simpsons reference. Uh, we're, we're going to get to the Simpsons references soon enough. Okay, looking up on our good friend Wikipedia, Mimic, the last time he may have been seen was during Avengers vs. X-Men, where he teamed up with Rogue to stop a prison breakout. I remember that issue. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him being there. Yeah, uh, apparently. Like when Rogue was just like, whoops, maybe I shouldn't be doing all these bad things I should do. Oh, you know who I should go bust out of prison? My number one gal pal, Carol Danvers. Uh, okay, he was, uh... Oh no, he appeared in X-Men Legacy? What? Oh, he was apparently in X-Men Legacy number 300, which I have no idea when that came out. It's stuff dealing with Forget-Me-Not, so I haven't read it. I really get what I thought. Anyways. I thought there were like 500 issues of X-Men Legacy. I, I have no idea. It may be timeline stuff. Oh, Mimic. I think Mimic is an interesting character, but he's also Mimic. He's also Mimic. The second story we have is Exiles 52 through 53, titled Living Planet, written by Tony Bedard with pencils by Jim Calafior, inks by Mark McKenna, colors by JC, and letters by Dave Sharp, which takes place on Earth 4162, where it's a disaster movie as we're introduced to the Avengers of this world, including grunge punk Captain America, a female Iron Man, a very Norse-looking Thor, and then also pretty sort of generic Hawkeye and Wasp. Like, Wasp is always changing costumes, so they didn't really make her stick out as being super different. She looks much more yellow. She, her costumes actually pretty much exactly like yellow jackets. Yeah. Because that helmet that is pretty much yellow jackets, and then those actually like little shoulder pad wing things. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the planet Earth is being attacked by itself because Earth is releasing sort of hexagonal-headed crunch fairy men that act as Earth's antibodies. And it's not really trying to kill humans, just it's just destroying anything that threatens the environment. Because Ego the Living Planet, who is a living planet in space who has a giant beard, ended up impregnating the Earth more or less with a sentient seed. Unfortunately, the uh, Fantastic Four, who had been fighting Ego at the time, vanished. So now the Avengers have to team up with Doctor Doom to figure out what to do. Except for I like that, though. It's always been one of my problems that always happens with like all these Doomsday scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, like with Thanos coming down, with everything, if something's going to come destroy the world, Doctor Doom is going to step in and is going to stop it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Exiles have landed in a nuclear power plant that is under attack, and things are tough. Like, the antibodies are able to smack down Sasquatch, so Blink just teleports him into space. And also, Jim Calafure decided to draw in Mr. Burns, Waylon Smithers, and Homer Simpson as the people working at the plant, which makes it 
slightly weirder and took me out of the story a bit. Oh no, it was totally weird. Yeah, but you got your Simpsons drawn in here. I so. did, but I loved it. Mr. Kearns. Oh, it's me, Kirk Rasington, here. <laughs> Anyways, they get the rundown on the Earth stuff and how the Fantastic Four ended up going down into the Mole Man tunnels to try and figure out what was going on. And that's when we find out the Exiles' mission, which is to stop the Avengers and Doctor Doom. Excellent. Doom is meanwhile ready to deploy his Metacarillion imploder that will essentially lobotomize the Earth, which the Avengers aren't too happy about. I'm just going to keep pausing to give you chances to put in Simpsons quotes. No, there's nothing there. Okay. Oh, wait, just like a crayon in the brain? Sure. Yeah, got it. So the Exiles show up, and Captain America's being a jack button. He's like, I haven't heard of you, so I don't trust you. Yeah, there's nothing there. Blink tries to explain about the uh, damaged timelines, and Doom is like, fuck this, and ends up flying down to lobotomize the planet with his Metacarillion imploder. And is like, ha ha ha, fuck no. And so she fights him, and Blink ends up sending the Metacarillion imploder into space. Which I'm not gonna lie, the artwork got a little jumbled up there, and I actually did not realize that until the next issue, where that's later addressed. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit unclear there. But I do like Blink's uh, new plan of sending everything into space, which is a lot better than... Uh, magic sending everything into limbo because when you send things into limbo they turn into demons and get super strong and when you send stuff into space it usually just dies instead yeah except for the monkeys the monkeys come back super smart and was it called no sending skiz into limbo was a great thing remember how he came back super strong Devin Devin I just made a Simpsons reference for you, and you didn't pick up on it. It was a good Simpsons reference. It was. Gosh. But we won't be talking about that anytime soon. Yep. And so the Avengers, uh, Exiles, and Doom end up fighting before more of the antibodies show up. And they're taking everyone down until Blink realizes that, oh, no, they're actually inviting her and the Exiles down while fighting the Avengers. And they end up going down to a giant brain where the Fantastic Car is parked and where the Fantastic Four are hiding out because Reed is trying to help the planet become self-aware so it doesn't kill all of the humans. Nothing? I'm trying to think of one. No, I'm trying to think of what the entire line is. <sighs> That's what the Frankiac is for. No, I know. Oh, sorry I caused this and, uh, doomed us all. Implode? That was a Snorky reference. When Snorky the Dolphin takes over the city. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ego the Living Planet is coming back, chased by two of the Celestials. Gaminnan the Gatherer and Jimia the Analyzer, because Ego had ended up destroying one of the planets that the Celestials had set up for their Celestial business, because the people from that planet had tried to colonize Ego, the living planet. 
So Ego ended up impregnating the Earth to fuck with Earth's heroes and to mess it up with the Celestials who are now going to have to fight two living planets. And then Ego is hiding. Which I always love whenever they draw pictures of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, I just love the idea of Ego the living planet is hiding. That's not a moon. It's a living planet. And so Ego ends up returning and he wants to talk to Earth. And millions of people die as Earth suddenly opens up its eyes into giant pools of energy. Yeah, like, I agree. It was like, no one seems to be addressing that. Yeah, like Seattle and North America, or like Seattle and New York are like around the areas where two of these big eyes are. Well, that was what was bothering me because then it cuts to the Avengers fighting upstairs. I'm like, pretty sure that's where some eyeballs are right now. Yeah, and like I was trying to measure it out, and it's like these are. 900 mile to 1,000 mile wide eyes, not to mention that they have, like, height to them as well. And, yeah, anyways, the Earth is confused because Reed Richards is also there, and Reed had, like, directly connected his brain to Ego, which is not really the best idea. And Ego tells Earth to kill all the humans, and so the antibodies come in after the exiles, Doom, meanwhile, realizes that his Metacarillion imploder still is intact, and he put rockets on it so it can fly back so he can still kill the Earth by lobotomizing it. The Celestials show up, and the Earth develops a mouth, killing millions more around Central America. And Reed discovers that the Earth trying to help kill the Celestials is going to ingest everything on Earth, and Reed tries to stop it, but Reed is being all analytically minded, and so Beak is like, you idiot, think of your children. And Reed is like, Franklin! Oh shit, that's right, I got a son. <laughs> yeah. And so it works, and so the Earth screams out Franklin, and it teams up, somehow still generating energy blasts to attack Ego, along with help from the Celestials. Meanwhile, Doom's Metacarillion imploder has made its way through, so Blink ends up teleporting it and herself into space, before teleporting it into Ego, who she lobotomizes. And, yeah. So the Celestials end up saving her, because she was literally floating in space, and three days later she wakes up in the hospital, where they explain what happened, and before they teleport away, she mentions that the Celestials had warned the Exiles to... Beware the Time Breaker. He is not what he seems. And that's where the issue ends. <gasps> Next time, there's a very important pastry. But you know what's a very important pastry for us, Devin? What? The Do Not Eat Soul Donut. Ooh. Simpsons reference. Mm, forbidden Donut. But see, then there's what the Simpsons reference right there. It would have been pointless. Earth should have destroyed all the humans. It's every parent's dream to outlive their children. Okay, see, now you're getting to the Simpsons references. I was expecting you to have, like, a list of these to pull from. No. This is why I can't let you reference Simpsons anymore. I had, an, I had a paper I've been writing. It's been a late night. Sure it has. It has. Impliedly so. They're in or graduate in. school. Implied Lisa or implode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have two universes to put on this week. On Trials of the Multiverse. 
Our current list stands at, do you know how big our current list is, Devin? 300, son. 267. Damn. Yep. And our first universe is the Big M, where Mimic uh, pretty much led the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. How how do you feel about this universe? It was meh. Yeah, I mean, the end... Also, sort I can't of... help but laughing at the Big M, because I just think it sounds like a big poop. <laughs> the big movement? Yep. Okay, um, so then are we talking, like, below bottom half? Yeah, because I mean, there really wasn't anything that special about it. Well, I mean, it had special stuff, I just think the execution wasn't all that good. Yeah. Okay, so is it better or worse than What If Wolverine Hibernated? It's a little bit better than that, but... Uh, is it better than What If You Were Spider-Man? Yes. Is it better than Betty Brant Spider Girl? Yeah. Is it better than Hard Choice where Ileana killed the Avengers? No. I did actually like that arc better. Okay, was it better than Really Evil Professor X? Honestly, no. Okay, was it better than Magic Shoved Black Panther's Son off a Pyramid? No, it was nope. not. <laughs> okay, was it better than The Fantastic Four were Bananas? Yes. Okay. So then it goes under Magic Shoved the Black Panther Sun off a Pyramid and above Fantastic Four were Bananas as our new number 166. Again, you can't condemn her. He may have had it coming. Earth 5423, the big M. I believe that that was on Earth 616. You don't see Black Panther Sun running around Earth 616, do you? He never had a sun on the 616, though. Not that we know about. He has to keep it under wraps because Mimic shoved him off a cliff. Or off a pyramid, rather. And then we have Earth 4162, where Earth became the living planet. Uh, I, I like this story better. Yeah, I like this story much better. Top half, then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, top quarter? No. Okay. Or, or what's our dividing line? Give me our dividing line first. Uh, okay, so... Opening up Dr. Calculator. Because math is hard. It'd be about 60, Luke. It'd be about 65. It's 66, Devin. Oh, man. Okay. Our dividing line is Magic from Exile's Homeworld and then Mimic from the Exile's Homeworld. I like it better than Mimic's Homeworld. But not as good as uh, Magic's Homeworld? Yeah, actually, I would give it better than Magic's Homeworld. Is it better than Black Bolt Got the Hiccups? Yeah. Better than Reed Loves Sue? Yes. Better than Howard the Duck formed his own super team? No. Mm -hmm. Yes. Better than Berserker Thing? Yes. Better than Hawkeye Pool? No. Okay. So it got much better up there. Our new number 61 is Earth 4162. Earth, the living planet, which is still not as good as the Marvel Adventures Avengers book where Ego was the loving planet instead, and he was in love with Earth, and oh, we had to break up with him, if I remember correctly. The time where MODOK is meant to organism designed only for kissing. Mm-hmm. 
And he and Miss Marvel have a date. Well, next week on Multiverse with you, we are hitting episode number 50. What are we going to be covering for that, Devin? We're going to be hitting some DC versus Marvel special. And then, as a early news thing to you guys, we're going to be doing a two-part Amalgam comic special for our sort of one-year, for our actual one-year anniversary and then our numerical one-year anniversary. So, join us then. And thank you so much for listening. Peace. Oh, wait. We have to tell where people can find us. You can find out more about the podcast at multiverseq.com, including our image galleries for the episodes. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, if you've enjoyed listening to us for this almost year-long period... Take a second and maybe toss some money our way to the Patreon that we have. We have new goals up for that and new rewards. You can find Multiverse Q online at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Libsyn, and a few other places. Where can people find you, Devin? You can find me on Twitter at FredoFett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me also on the Nerd Scenarios podcast and then online on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Thank you very much for listening. Peace.